Welcome to Give Theory a Chance. In this episode, we are joined by Dr. Angela Jones, Associate Professor of Sociology at Farmingdale State College, State University of New York, and author of the recently published book, Camming, Money, Power, and Pleasure in the Sex Work Industry. Angela discusses the importance of recognizing W.E.B. Du Bois as a founder of the discipline, his underappreciated methodological contributions, and the clarity of his prose. Angela also reflects on the value of Du Bois for her work as both a scholar and as an activist. Thank you for joining us today, Angela. Thanks for having me. So we're here today to talk about W.E.B. Du Bois. I'm wondering if you could just get us started by giving us a short introduction to who he was or maybe what he's known for. Of course. I'm actually going to answer this as I normally do with my students. And so I always tell them, you know, the footnote in your high school textbook probably said he was the first African-American to get a PhD from Harvard. And this, my friends, is the least important thing about his life or legacy. Du Bois was one of the most prominent civil rights activists of the 20th century and a pioneering sociologist who challenged the so-called canon to address its tone-deaf treatment of race, who brought methodological innovation to the discipline, and for me, unseduced by physics envy, was not afraid to produce research aimed at praxis, or what many of us would now call engaged scholarship. Do you have a sense that he's widely read in the larger discipline and... The reason I'm so interested in this is we've had this move in recent years where I'd say that at this point we've seen Du Bois become more accepted as one of the core sociologists as part of the canon. It's more and more rare that you find a theory textbook that doesn't have an excerpt from Du Bois. But I also wonder if people are actually doing the work and accepting him as part of the canon or it's more just kind of this lip service. But are people actually doing that reading? Is he actually being assigned and engaged with? I think it's a really great question. Frankly, I'd like to push back on the idea that he's kind of widely seen or used or treated as a kind of foundational or canonical scholar. Yeah, maybe that's an optimistic read. Right. I mean, I think it's certainly worthy of debate, but I think his work is widely cited and used in race and ethnic studies and in urban studies. I think professors use Du Bois as a primer for discussions of race, right? But like, as you were alluding to at the same time, while intro to social students generally learn that Marx, Weber, and Durkheim are the fathers of sociology, right? Du Bois published The Groundbreaking Philadelphia Negro in 1899, only two years after suicide was published. Yet, as I talk about with my students, I want to talk about why Du Bois isn't celebrated as a so-called, quote-unquote, father of sociology. So to answer the original question, no, I actually don't think so. I actually think that he's quite fetishized. His work is often used as a vehicle to discuss race as a subfield of sociological knowledge, but not necessarily about theory or methods. And I think that that's a shame. Um, And I think, frankly, reveals that as a discipline, we have not fully addressed institutionalized racism within our own discipline or in the academy more broadly. Yeah, and that's so insightful because even thinking to the theory textbooks that I'm referencing, you have Du Bois included, but it's after you work through all the core theorists that set up sociology. And then it's like, all right, well, now we have our final week. You're going to read Du Bois. You're going to read Patricia Collins. But that's because these are other things done in sociology rather than this is sociology. Absolutely. That's been my read too. And I think I generally assign, I've been teaching theory for over a decade. So my favorite courses to teach. Um, And so I've looked at a wide range of books. I generally just assign primary sources 
source documents, but I often do try to get them some kind of textbook that allows them, you know, to have an easier time working through the primary source documents. And anyway, like you noted, I found that even in the best of them, when you finally get to Du Bois, it's positioned within either Afrocentric theory or critical race theory, but not as a kind of core sociologist, right, or as core theoretical materials. So thinking about your own encounters with Du Bois, I'm wondering when you first heard about him as this intellectual, as this theorist, or when you even just became aware of his ideas. So sometimes I'm embarrassed to admit this out loud, but Will, as an activist, like I knew of Du Bois, but I actually hadn't read his work until early in my undergraduate career. Okay. And do you remember what it was like when you first were exposed to his writings or his ideas? I do. And I could even tell you the name of the professor who assigned it. The first text by Du Bois that I read uh, was the book, The Souls of Black Folks. And in particular, the first chapter of that book called Of Our Spiritual Strivings. And I remember first being struck by the prose. There's a section where he conceptualizes what he calls the veil, right? As a metaphor for race and the barriers it creates. And in talking about the Veil, he says something to the effect of, and I want to get this as close as I can. I lived above it, talking about the veil. I lived above it, held it beyond contempt, and lived above it in a region of blue sky and great wandering shadows, right? And as someone who's always loved poetry, I did spoken word in my late 20s, I appreciate a beautifully crafted sentence. And to be honest, academic writing, especially theory, is often the opposite, right? Jargony, often elitist dry, and sometimes even downright boring. So it was such a remarkable experience to read a text that offered up a critical language and theory to understand how race shapes social interaction, but that was also so beautifully written. And I guess I also want to add that this particular text spoke to my life, and it felt affirming. Du Bois opens that text by talking about an exchange with a young white girl in school. They were exchanging some kind of visiting cards, right? And this girl refused to engage with him. Despite being a brilliant young man, all this young girl could see was his blackness. I went to a predominantly white school in Queens, New York, and was enrolled in a talented and gifted program. And despite my intelligence, despite the advantages of my light skin, you know, Du Bois's experience was my experience. It was something I encountered too as a kid. And then in the text, he goes on to write about double consciousness, giving me again a language to reflect on my experiences growing up in a world where I often never felt black enough when I was at home in the black community or light skinned enough to pass at my white school. And I could navigate both those worlds, but always with the knowledge that despite the fact that I was quote unquote half white, those privileges would never be mine. And so again, I'll wrap up my answer, but I think again, his work and especially that initial text really had a profound effect on how I was thinking about my own life and my own life experiences. And, and do you remember when you first were assigned in these readings? Was it the whole book or was it just a, a chapter or two that you had to read for that class? It was a couple of chapters, but I went on to read the entire book, to order dark water, to order you know, anything I could get my hands on. So it really was this immediate 
connection and desire to keep encountering more of these ideas. It wasn't yeah. like you just finished this reading and said, oh, that was a really good course reading, kind of relates to my life, but you you were drawn into yes, it. I was. And again, I think it was a combination of both the, the concepts and the theories that he was offering up to help me understand and be reflexive about my life, but also the prose too. As I was a really good student and I would complete my readings, but I didn't always love them all. Um, and so this was a really unique experience for me because not only was I drawn to the ideas, but I was drawn to the writing itself. I was like, wow, what sophisticated, you know, theory and, and, and again, conceptualizations, but at the same time, how beautifully written. As you move forward with those ideas, did you start to engage with it more as a scholar or was it that kind of, and I guess this is a pretty abstract question, but I'm curious what you started to do with those ideas as you processed them and how you continued to build on it. And we'll talk about your research in a bit where you draw on these ideas, but I'm wondering what that initial experience was because you have, you know, an undergraduate engages with a certain idea, but then the question is, where do you go with that? Yeah. So I think as, and again, so once I read this initial text, I started reading more of his work. And again, I think I was drawn most to his unapologetic commitment to praxis. And this is something I talk now with my students about. And so just a little background, I also grew up in labor organizing. And I was only 13 when I first started doing youth activism with socialist organizations. So I was also no stranger to Marx when I got to college, for example. But what seemed absent when I was a young activist, and frankly, no less absent now in socialist discourses and political circles is meaningful discussion of race. And for me, also gender and sexuality. So I I guess I was drawn to Du Bois's attention to white supremacy, but specifically to his actual work to dismantle it. I mean, this is no armchair sociologist, right? I read more about his work with the NAACP um, and later, you know, with Pan-Africanism. And I found that he'd also helped to found a smaller organization called the Niagara Movement, which was the forerunner of the NAACP, but whose history was poorly documented. And there I had my dissertation project before I even graduated undergrad. No, that, that's a perfect answer. And you saved my confused and not certain where I was going question. <laughs> because I think that's what I was trying to get at is this idea of there's ways to engage it on the level of the scholar and researcher. But with this work, you're also taking it and putting it into action and doing something with it, which is exciting. And he lends himself to that. Absolutely. And so thinking now about the research side of things, because you've moved forward, not just as someone who's engaged in social action, but also producing scholarship, how has he influenced that side of your work? So, and I'll talk here a little bit about my dissertation as, um, or at least the path to, um, as an undergrad, I was struck by the lack of published research on the Niagara movement. And as a result, again, of this initial engagement with Du Bois's work, um, I became really interested in early civil rights activism, especially, you know, work that Du Bois was involved in. And so to learn more about the Niagara movement, I conducted years of archival research to document the accomplishments and the legacy of the organization. But beyond developing my dissertation, and first book, which is called African American Civil Rights, Early Activism and the Niagara Movement. Du Bois's work influenced me profoundly in two ways. So first, it reminded me that as Du Bois famously said, right, the problem of the 20th century is the problem of the color line. And I'd say that's still true of the 21st century. And so as a result, all of my work, whether I'm studying social movements or now I study sex work, right, so no matter across subject matter, race will always be a 
central analytical framework in my research. Also, Du Bois influenced me to the extent that I'm proud that my work is politically motivated. I want my research on sex workers to help actual sex workers. So Du Bois pioneered a way for me and so many others to do engaged scholarship in sociology. You know, if it's okay, I more I want to kind of touch on here. In my theory class, um, when we talk about the origins of sociology or sociological theory, I talk to my students about the Atlanta School. And for anyone who's listening who does not know, the Atlanta School refers to a group of loosely connected Black sociologists associated with Atlanta University and other historically Black colleges and universities. And around the beginning of the 20th century, Du Bois created the first sociological laboratory in the U.S. and conducted and published pioneering research on themes such as race, class, and inequality. The work that they did was devoted to applied sociology, social justice, and creating actual social change. Right? And finally, Du Bois has influenced the way I think about methods and the presentation of data. In Du Bois is the Philadelphia Negro. He showed how important qualitative research is in documenting and understanding the social world. Right? Du Bois also presented data in innovative ways. In my most recent work, specifically in my book, um, Camming, Money, Power, and Pleasure in the Sex Work Industry, I discussed the use of progressive stacking in the presentation of data as a way to center the experience of marginalized people and to make marginalized people visible in studies with inadequate representation of people from underrepresented groups uh, in their samples. So again, that's just a few ways that I think his work has influenced my own scholarship. Thinking a bit more about how that influence plays out, I'm wondering as you engage in your own scholarship, do you find yourself engaging in debate with Du Bois? Are you actually citing him? Or is it more that he is always always there um, because he's shaped the way you think about the world, the way you uh, approach your research? Um, it's just something that always is going to be there no matter what you're studying. I think for me, it's the latter. I think he'll always be an inspiration to me, my work, how I think about what sociology is, how I think about what it means to do sociological research. So again, he'll always be an inspiration for me, even when I'm not specifically citing his work, or it means that I am I'm citing folks who have also drawn inspiration from his work. I think, and even if not specifically in my writing, I would call into question some of his ideas. So for example, as much as his work has influenced me, I would call into question the sidelining of gender in his work. Okay, so it really is doing both of those things. So both inspiring your approach to studies and the discipline, but also there are areas that you could see yourself engaging and expanding yes. on. So I'm wondering, considering your research, considering the ways that you're expanding on some of the conversations or the, the way that Du Bois approached the world, are there other theorists that you see his ideas working particularly well with? Absolutely. So again, as much as Du Bois's work has influenced me, I would and do call into question, again, this kind of sidelining of gender in his work. I'd, I'd argue a, a range of other variables. And so for that reason, I'd say I would put his work in conversation with people like Patricia Hill Collins in the book on Black Feminist Thought, among other texts. Uh, Kimberly Crenshaw's work on intersectionality, also folks like Derek Bell, Eduardo Bonilla Silva, and others working in critical race theory. I place Du Bois right alongside people like Roderick Ferguson working at the intersections of race and sexuality. So again, I think it's been important to build on kind of core or 
foundational Du Bois sociology or, or theory and take a more intersectional approach to understanding contemporary life. You've not only engaged with Du Bois's work as a researcher and as an activist, but you've also, as you've noted, taught him in the classroom many times. And I'm, I'm curious how students have responded to Du Bois. Absolutely. So I teach Du Bois in a wide range of classes. I introduce my students to Du Bois in intro, in theory, in methods, um, again, in a range of courses that aren't just race focused. So for example, in my intro class, they read that same excerpt that I did as an undergrad from the souls of black folk and specifically, again, that first chapter of our spiritual strivings. And one of the things that I find with my students is that they react not only positively, but they engage with deeply that text. And I think one of the reasons why they do is because of the prose of that text, right? Where very often my students will complain that the primary source materials that we assign are dry or jargony or inaccessible. Here's a text that they tell me they find engaging. And I think a lot of that, it's not just the writing style and the prose, but also Du Bois's use of what we might now call autoethnography, right? And using these personal stories, these vignettes, these, and for him, these engagements with racism at the interactional level that I think for my students really animate the theory. And my students really engage well with his writing. And again, because of this use of autoethnography, which I think far too often is shunned by sociologists, is seen as not being objective enough. But I think one of the things that we might then learn from Du Bois and what I learned from my students' readings of Du Bois is that in actuality, autoethnography is a really powerful tool to tell stories about the social world. As a way of wrapping up the podcast, I'm wondering if you'd be willing to engage in this hypothetical, um, and, and you kind of already done what I'm about to ask, but so engage in this hypothetical where you are standing in front of a room and there's all these undergraduate students, these graduate students, professors, the general public, and you have the task of telling them why they should take the time to actually engage with Du Bois' work. So not just read the Wikipedia entry, not just uh, you know read the, the one paragraph summary of how he's foundational in the field, but actually sit down and engage with the work. So what would you say? Du Bois' work is transformative, right? Du Bois offered us concepts such as the veil and double consciousness and a language to theorize how race shapes the social world at macro, micro, and interactional levels. Now more than ever, we are confronted with the depravity of white supremacy and we need theories and work that can help us make sense of the persistence of racism in the realm of everyday life, but that also motivates us towards challenging it, fighting it, and changing the current conditions. All right, that is an awesome place to end. Thank you for taking time to join us today. The, I really appreciate the conversation. It was my pleasure. Appreciation goes to Jeffrey Gilbert for providing our theme music, undergraduate sociologists Beth Heberger, Alicia Rios, and Simone Graham for their help with the project, and most importantly, on behalf of me, Kyle Green, thank you for giving theory a chance. Thank you.